I'm a fish boy who skates for Team X Blades with a leprechaun Who plays basketball, come to my smart house Meet my alien sister, don't come hungry Because I'll bet my mom can't Ho, 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 podcast fans. Welcome to another episode of Mom Can't Cook. I'm Andy Farrant, one of your hosts. And I'm Hollywood actor Brian Cranston. I've got Whoa. Luke Westaway tied up in the living room, and Damn. I'm going to be pretending to be him. He really will do any project. Yeah, that's right, for the rest seems. of the podcast. Uh, welcome to this, the night before, the night before, the night before, the night before... The night before Christmas, <laughs> which is what it is. If you're listening to this podcast on the Andy day it goes out, at Google Calendar, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure if that was right. It's yeah, happy holidays, folks. Um, I wish we could say we were going to be improving your Christmas season, but unfortunately, this film is bad. Uh, mm. Yeah, really, well, it really sucks. It's a grinding come down after motocross. I can tell you that much. Yeah, I think it's not so much bad as it is utterly bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, fair enough. There is a subtle um, distinction. So yeah, the film that we're watching this week is Twas Disney's the night. Twas the Night. Here is how Disney thought they would sell it to you in the early 2000s. Friday, this Christmas, Santa Claus is so not coming to town. What are we going to do? Uncle Nick is... <laughs> We'll decide who gets what for Christmas. We are in trouble. Malcolm in the Middle's Brian Cranston stars. Press another button. In Disney Channel's original movie, Twas the Night. I have to get my sleigh back. He's on the naughty list for life. Naughty, naughty. Friday at 8, 7 central, only on Disney Channel. Mm, man, I well, I'm watch certainly it. yeah. I'm going to settle down in front of the the yep. TV and watch that Muppets Christmas Carol, Home Alone. Don't think so. Delete Get them out of from here. the DVR. There's only Not one interested. Christmas movie you need to watch this holiday season, and it begins with a cold open of Santa <laughs> gagged and bound to a chair. As you may have gathered gathered from the trailer, there it's the same plot as the Santa Claus, except instead of becoming a good Santa Claus. The guy who gets Santa Claus's powers just uses them for crime, <laughs> which is just just a wild premise yeah, for a exactly. children's film. What if you did did, did non-stop crimes using Santa's uh, many many you know his medley of magical yeah. powers? Yeah, the film, as Luke said, starts with a cold open of Santa bound and gagged to a chair, but we, we're not there yet in the story. We're going to flashback. Yeah. So we're going to there's a night before Christmas style parody. You know, all through the house, not a creature was stirring, yeah. etc. That introduces us to the sort of principal players here in the uh, in the film. So we've got a workaholic dad who's trying to wrap presents. Yeah. Uh, a mum that can't cook. And mom in the kitchen cooking still like a rookie. Oh. Scorching the backs off the gingerbread cookies. Oh, yeah! Yeah! Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Straight away, the mum can't cook. She's burned some cookies. Told you. Richly comic it is. <laughs> There's a sister. She's uh, apparently annoying and obnoxiously bright, and yeah. she's reading a book about quantum physics. We have put aside the good motocrossed thing where the siblings get on and support each other. We are back to three siblings that would kill each other if they thought they could get away with it. And then there's uh, there's little Peter, the young youngest brother. The family loves him the most, we're told. Now, Peter is, I would say, just like looking at the actor and guessing, probably about nine years old. Sure. 
And yet he talks like he's about four. Yeah, he, yeah, he's been given. Also, he talks like a little he's, cartoon boy. Jenny, I was never. And you're like, you're clearly like about to head into secondary school. <laughs> What's the rule about coming in my room? Never come in your room. But Dad wants to know when you want to decorate the tree. I want to decorate the tree on Christmas Eve. I don't know if they just wrote the script and then just cast whoever, but it's it doesn't cast the the nearest yeah, boy. You'll yeah, do, yeah, quite possibly. I IMDb'd everyone. You might be interested to know that the mom played Doctor Elizabeth Weir in Stargate Atlantis. I couldn't find Not- anything particularly sort of notable or famous. Uh, amongst the other family cast. Um, and then there's the narrator of this poem, who is the sort of the protagonist of the film. Uh, this is Danny, who is a, a prick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's really unlikable. So Danny really, really uh, looks up to his Uncle Nick. We will be hearing much more about Uncle Nick. That is the role played by Brian Cranston. Uncle Nick is an entrepreneur, uh, a mm. sort of businessman, um, you know, a kind of... A, a wheeler-dealer. A wheeler-dealer, a go-getter, an opportunist, a financial yeah. genius is what If Danny he were around thinks. now, he would be running an Instagram account full of, like, image macros of Elon Musk. Yeah, uh, crypto And inspirational macros, quotes. Yeah. And, yeah, exactly. He, he is, honestly, like, when they reboot this, he will be, uh, like, a crypto... A crypto bro. A crypto, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, he, he, in turn, is looked up to by his little brother, Peter, who comes in. He's like, Danny... When are we going to decorate the tree? Because he talks like that, even though he's nine. Yeah. And so apparently in this household, the task of putting up the family Christmas tree is left to Danny, who hasn't done it. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, we'll do it on Christmas Eve. Yes. And, and then the little boy leaves dejected. And then Danny thinks of something, looks at his calendar. And he's got a calendar in which it, the day flashes and beeps in a sort of bright green. Yeah. And it, it is Christmas Eve. It is Christmas Eve. So I've forgotten. I've got written down that decorating your Christmas tree on Christmas Eve is the behaviour of a dangerous mind. <laughs> Christmas Eve. I mean, what's the yeah. point? <laughs> There's no. At that point, there is no point. You may, in... you may well still be doing it when Santa comes down the chimney. He's exactly. Going, yeah, he's going to find you, like, with the tinsel half on. <laughs> embarrassing but the only the problem the problem is not just that he hasn't put up the tree but also he has one single dollar to his name and has done no shopping but his plan to get money is to sell his little brother a bunch of his possessions yes in his room presumably at like below market value because the little brother can't have much money he's (laughs) he's nine this is portrayed by the family who are furious when they find out this has happened, as Danny scamming Peter and basically a mi- shakedown a they sh- call it a shakedown of his little brother. In fact, I would say that I think it's a buyer's market. I think Peter is probably getting bargain rates on Danny's toys, which are all toys for older kids, right? He has a fistful of ones after his brother leaves, and his brother has like a baseball mitt and yeah. a sort of toy helicopter. All his toys. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's doing, I think he's, it's a mutually beneficial arrangement. Yeah, exactly. I think Peter's the one doing the shakedown here. I mean, Peter knows, this is basically a predatory loan. Like, Peter yeah. knows that Danny needs the money right now. So he's like, well... I'll give you a dollar for that baseball mitt. Yeah, oh, I don't know, but I paid 15 for it. Sorry. Sorry, that's I'm my price. i find out how much a baseball mitt costs. Yeah, going right once, now. going twice. I'm on the Decathlon website. <laughs> okay, for a decent... Oh, man, it goes up to, like, 50 pounds. What? Oh, like a hundred, you get a hundred pound baseball mitt right here. And I think that you get the impression that they're a fair, fairly well-to-do family. Both the parents are doctors. Yeah. So they, I mean, you know, they're probably splashing out on a good baseball mitt. You don't want to get one of the like cheapo ones where your, your fingers break when the ball hits it or something. Yeah, exactly. So basically, <laughs> yeah. Danny is entirely justified. <laughs> 
and he but he gets like a real bollocking um, yeah. about shaking down his brother. Yes, but he tries to justify his behavior by quoting Uncle Nick. Mm. You know, Uncle Nick is always saying, um, "I just like to help people share the wealth." Share and then the, the dad steps in to say, "Too bad, it's always someone else's wealth." Yeah, that Uncle Nick is eager to share, and he's like, "Man." I wish Uncle Nick were here. He's so cool. Oh. I bet he's somewhere right now making a major big bucks business deal. I bet he's someplace right this minute making a, a major big bucks business deal. He probably has him begging for mercy. I'm begging you, please don't hurt me. All right, Nick, where's your office? Smash cut to Nick tied up and blindfolded. I think this is the only decom where you see two met two separate <laughs> men gagged and bound to chairs in the first seven minutes. <laughs> I don't think they do it in Brink. I don't think they no, do it in A Ring of Endless no, Light. I don't think. I think it might happen in High School Musical. Yeah, but I think 100%. only once. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, or there's like two, but it's ten minutes apart. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. So the thing you need to know about this scene is that it is supposed to be funny, but <laughs> but but it isn't. Like the, the problem with the pro- the main problem with Twas the Night is that it uh-huh. it sets its stall out as being a kind of madcap comedy caper, yeah. But it just isn't funny, and and, and it's actually yeah. actively unpleasant quite a lot of the time. Yeah, it's I, I would say it is a bad vibes movie a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, really, really is. Yeah, like people like characters are kind of weirdly uh, aggressive and unkind to each other where they could just as easily not be. Um, yeah, and a prime example of that is this scene because Brian Cranston has been. Uh, gagged and bound by mm-hmm. two crypto bros yeah. who he has ripped off. But they're sort of like wacky characters. Yeah, like, yeah they're sort of wacky nerds in trench coats. Like they they're are wacky not... nerds in trench coats. Yeah. They're but not they're also really like an archetype, are they? They're not really no. a stock character that you can quickly define. You did it all here on your nifty little laptop, huh? Oh, that's nice. Very, very nice. <laughs> Just please be careful of Blabby. It's very sensitive. Sensitive? Nick's got a sensitive computer. <laughs> oh, you ever see what happens when you pour a hot cup of cocoa over a sensitive <laughs> computer, Nick? It ain't pretty. No, don't, not to laugh me. My whole life is on that thing. All my account numbers and contacts, businesses. All your scams, you mean, Nick. Okay, so the these two guys have been swindled by Uncle Nick's website, realfastdough.com. <laughs> Um, <laughs> they wanted real fast dough. Yeah. So they went to realfastdough.com and sent and then, Uncle Nick a whole bunch of money. $30,000. $30,000 they sent Uncle Nick over the internet. And then Brian Cranston, Uncle Nick, probably just spent it all, but tells them that he invested it and lost it on some stocks and funds and that there's an element of risk in every investment, right? Why do you need real fast dough if you already have $30,000? It is a child's it is a child's sketch of a, of a, <laughs> of a scam artist, this film. It's like, he took their money. He took their money and... It wanted, and it's gone. And it's gone. And the money's gone. So he took their $30,000 and it's gone. However, he's not a great scam artist because instead of escaping or covering his tracks, he was easily tracked down by these two tech bros yeah. uh, who have tied him to a chair and are yeah. threatening to uh, beat him savagely, which, again, not really the Disney vibe we <laughs> like to strive yeah. for. Well, it sort of it, it just veers wildly all over the place from them being like, we're going to torture and kill you, mm. to them taking his laptop and saying they're going to pour hot cocoa over it. Yes. And then they introduce their vice president of collections, uh, Elliot, who is a large man yeah. uh, in a padded gilet who yells right into Brian Cranston's face and then sort of tweaks his nose in a sort of charming fashion. Yeah. 
again, so, it's a bit weird to explain what happens in these scenes because it doesn't sound like it really makes sense. What you need to know is that it's like supposed to be funny. <laughs> well, they, they want a sort of physical threat to Brian Cranston, but it's a children's movie, so they can't have them like cut off his ear or something. The other problem, so. <laughs> the other problem that they have here is that you've got you've got Cranston right everyone in the everyone in this film can say that they worked with, have worked with, with Brian Cranston with the Cranst, and yeah. as we know from Cranston's later work he does an incredible line in basically being kidnapped and threatened with torture so yeah. i think he is acting a little too well in this in this kids movie when he's yeah. when he's you know tied to the chair and threatened with physical violence you know it, it's like it's honestly like watching a Walter White scene. Like, there's no. <laughs> but there's then no... he gets tweaked on the nose instead of like throwing some fulminated mercury at someone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, they give him an ultimatum. They need 30 large in cash mm. on Christmas morning, or Elliot here in the gilet, he will kill you. And they say, don't try to leave town. And then Nick is like, right, time to leave town. <laughs> he immediately uh, hops down the fire escape. Fire escape with his bags. Uh, he nearly gets spotted by Elliot. He does then get spotted by Elliot. I don't know why they... I guess the film yeah. was coming in at only 87 minutes. and Yeah, yeah. true. They needed a little bit of peril there. Yeah. Uh, Elliot chops a, karate chops a tree in half. That's pretty um, cool, I thought. That you is, know? Yeah. It doesn't look good. It's not like a convincing or cool stunt. But, you know, at the idea stage... Elliot basically tearing a Christmas tree in half is, you know, pretty badass. That's the sort of thing that would get your script greenlit, I imagine. I would um, have just walked into Disney's offices and said, imagine this. Imagine a man tearing a Christmas tree in yeah. half. And they're like, where do you want these sacks of money? <laughs> we'll drive where do you want the money, off. pal? <laughs> Mickey Mouse is in charge of the... He micromanages. Um, but yeah, the Krantz, he, uh, he runs past Santa's village. The, the kids are queuing to meet Santa, so he, he has to hide. He runs inside and he needs a disguise. But wait a minute, Santa's outfit is here, draped over the toilet stall door for some reason. Yeah. Like Santa took off all his clothes. This means poop, that Santa like. is sat on the toilet with the trousers <laughs> round his ankles. Nothing is on top. <laughs> Completely topless. Just picture that. Nothing is on top. And then Brian Cranston reaches down and yanks Santa's trousers and boots off with one fluid motion. Yeah, with, I would say with practiced ease. Like this <laughs> like this was the first scam he started working. Like in, in cubicle trouser theft. It's it's astonishing. So he gets the trousers and boots off in one one yank, yeah. grabs the all the Santa top half, including beard. I yeah. guess he hung up the beard as well. Uh, of course he goes outside, bumps into Elliot. He's like, uh-oh, Elliot's the one who's chasing me. And Elliot's like, hey, Santa, have you seen a guy running around here? I'm trying yeah. to beat the crap out of him. So <laughs> could point me towards him, that'd be great. He's like, I sure haven't, but I'm going to extend this interaction uh, by talking to you quite a lot and then sort of touching your face in a weird way for about a minute. He also says, like, I, I sure have an Elliot. And Elliot's like, how do you know my name? And Santa's like, oh, well, I'm Santa. So, yeah. you know. Which... I'm Santa. Now let me touch your face for an extended, uncomfortable period of time. When you hear the sound that sounds like someone grinding up a steak, that's the foley that they put over Brian Cranston squeezing Elliot's face. So... <laughs> have you been a good boy? Of course I've been a good boy. Have you really? Yes. Well, look, an odd choice for the sound design team, but there we go. Again, they're doing they're doing a lot of um, sort of scene setting here, and I think it's that thing where they're worried that nothing funny has happened. Correct. They have the right but, to be worried because <laughs> nothing funny has happened. A valid so concern. Like, yeah. Is is this funny? Is this anything? Is this <laughs> anything? <laughs> it's. Uh, I, I bet you know. I bet it was ad libbed on the day. I bet it's like uh, this is feeling your fa- Yeah, grab his face. Grab it, mm. push it around a little bit. 
Did that look good? No, it didn't. Uh, you know no. what? We're going to send that to the sound guys. We're going to get it in post. We're going to get at this the, in post. Add the sound of a human face would make if you sort of move it a bit. Yeah. They're like, no problem, boss. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, you're all obviously fired. But, <laughs> but uh, this I guess there's no time to take it out of the movie. So it's, there it is. This film has, we'll get it in post, shot through it <laughs> like a stick of rock. <laughs> Unfortunately, there was no post-production on this film. It's all one long take. It's quite impressive when you think about it. Yeah, it's like God of War. It's all, yeah. it's all one long, all one unbroken take. Yeah, it's it's, it's impressive. Anyway, uh, Uncle Nick has escaped disguised as Santa, and he needs somewhere to hide, somewhere to lie low. So obviously, he goes to his closest relatives' yep. house, his brother, the yep. doctor, his and brother. his family, which mm. is. Peter and Danny and... Caitlin, yes. yeah. Sister Caitlin. The dad is delighted at first because he thinks it's a sort of fun visit from maybe a neighbourhood Santa going around raising money for charity. Yeah. But then uh, Santa does that thing where you make it look like there's something on your shirt and then sort of hits him in the face. Yeah. Uh, then he calls his wife gorgeous and kisses her. Yeah. Immediately, he's like, oh, this is my my piece of shit, brother. But Danny bloody loves Uncle Nick. So Danny's like, oh, great, Uncle Nick's here. Uncle Nick sits on the sofa... He puts his feet up straight away. Yeah. He's he's riffing to Danny about all of his killer dealings. Yeah, he's telling him he'll take him to Monaco for casinos, beaches and babes and the big bucks. Which he calls the killer bees. <laughs> the killer bees, beaches, babes and big bucks. <laughs> Meanwhile, the, the dad is... The, the dad is put out because Uncle Nick wasn't invited or expected. <laughs> so, yeah, dad's got his and head in And it's Christmas Eve. Yeah, it's Christmas Eve. And my brother, who I don't like, is here. And he's promising to take my son to Monaco. Yeah, for babes. Yeah, and, <laughs> for babes. And beaches. Babes and big bucks. The killer Sorry, the bees. Killer, of course, the killer bees. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so the dad is basically on the cusp of, like, Kicking Uncle Nick to the curb. However, what's this? Uh-oh, pager. Beep, beep. It turns out that at the hospital, there's a major outbreak of reindeer flu. <laughs> You're going? Oh, there's been a major outbreak of that new reindeer flu. The emergency room's overrun. Oh, no, John, not tonight. All nights. Well, that's what I get for marrying a doctor. That's what you get for being a doctor because they're calling everybody. What? That'd be you. Was your was your first thought on watching this scene that the dad was having an affair and just making up an excuse to leave and go and visit his second family? Um, no, but I love that. My first thought on hearing this scene was that in a post-pandemic world, a major outbreak of reindeer flu actually sounds pretty bad. And I really couldn't watch the rest of the movie without thinking that basically it was all playing out as society collapses from... <laughs> this is like the, pre uh, the prologue to The Last of Us or something. Yeah, yeah basically, yeah. It, you know, it starts with these messages like, oh, that they've had more and more cases of this reindeer flu. But, uh, you know, I'm sure it's isolated, you know, sort of... The dad says that the ER is overrun. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's... That's effing serious. Plot-wise, it's so bad that the mom also has to go in um, to help. So, you know, they, they are, like, every doctor is, is called to this. The kids don't care. Uncle Nick doesn't care because this all goes above their heads. But just know, you don't see many other, like, adults or people in this movie. And I think it's because they're all in their homes. They've died. Possibly having their brains destroyed by reindeer flu or eating each other's yeah, faces. It's it's the early chapters of Stephen King's The Stand out there, basically. Overnight, society has collapsed as reindeer flu sweeps. <laughs> America. Reindeer flu. Reindeer flu. 
It's so lazy. It's like the worst. <laughs> anyway, they're like, oh, what are we going to do with the kids? We can't just leave them here unsupervised. And Nick is is there, like, on the sofa. Like, what about what about me? I'll take them to Monaco. Yeah. They're like, all right, I guess it's our only option. We'll have to leave them with... They're, they're so wary of leaving them with Nick, which makes me think something terrible must have happened in the past. Because otherwise you'd be like... Yeah, he's my brother. He's an adult. I think he can babysit the kids one night. The the dad, as he's leaving, he sends the kids to bed. It's not even nine o'clock, including Danny, who is quite a lot older. Yeah, he would he would rather that Danny go to bed. Yeah, than experience Nick's unwholesome influence. Come on, guys, hugs, kisses. Let's go. Off to bed. Come on, Danny. You too. What? <laughs> that is not even nine o'clock. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me, Dad. Come on, I, I want to stay out with Uncle Nick and then hang out. We got stuff to talk about. We can hang with Uncle Nick when we're all together. Uncle Nick is the absolute worst because, like, Dad is like, okay, Danny, you need to go to bed now. And Danny does what you would expect a kid to do when being told to go to bed at 9pm. He goes, I want to stay up. And then yeah. Uncle Nick is like, yeah, Dad, he wants to stay up. Let him stay up. It's like... Stop contradicting the dad to his face. <laughs> I'm defining my parental authority. Imagine if you hired a babysitter and were like, okay, there's food in the fridge, help yourself, it's $8 an hour. Uh, and you were like, no, I don't want to send them to bed. I don't want to give them a bath. <laughs> Uncle Nick, is he, he's, he's not even begun the job and he's proving himself to be a terrible childminder. The parents go out, the kids are in bed. Yeah. And uh, Uncle Nick uses this time to get on his laptop, which he calls Lappy. <laughs> Uh, and start doing scams. <laughs> so, so, okay, okay. So, Uncle Nick. Okay, so we know that Uncle Nick needs money, right? Thirty large. He needs thirty large now by Christmas morning, which is the next day. Uncle Nick, the the genius scam artist, the con man. What does he do when he needs money? Well, he goes to a GeoCities predatory loans website. Needabuckloans.com. To see if anyone will just give him some money. And the website mm. says, no, Uncle Nick, we won't loan you 30 grand for no reason. And he goes, damn it, I'm all out of ideas. Well, they're like, it's like you don't have sufficient funds on credit, yeah. which is, again, not how loans work. No, again, a child sketch of scam artistry. However, 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 however. This movie is about to kick into another gear of brilliance in terms of like, <laughs> hey, it's 2001. No one knows how computers work, and I assume no one will ever figure it out. So we can... If, okay, if anything if, could happen. If knowing nothing about how computers work was, was an Olympic sport, <laughs> this next two minutes would win the gold medal and set a world record it's astonishing so the crypto bros who uncle nick owes 30 grand pop up in a zoom window it's like a beeping on his laptop yeah. and he's like what's that beeping sound yeah it's like bloop, bloop, bloop. and then they pop up on a video chat and they go that's right we're talking to you on a laptop what did you forget we have your email address which <laughs> i've written down the exact line it's hello nick you rotten little worm did you forget we have your email address <laughs> That's right, we have your email address. Hello, Nick, you rotten little worm. Did you forget we have your email address? <laughs> so we can video call you and you have to pick up at any time. <laughs> however, 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 Uncle Nick is an edge runner of cyberpunk proportions and he's. Well, not they're tracking him. They're tracking him as well, right? Like right now, they're triangulating his position using his email Based address. On his email address. 
<laughs> We've triangulated your position to AOL server farm somewhere in the Midwestern US. I assume that's you, right? Elliot's over there chopping trees in half right now. <laughs> but don't worry, because Uncle Nick. <laughs> Uncle Nick. Dare I? He says. I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna say what happens. He just he says that it's time to break out. The Wrigley Super Virus. Wrigley is, <laughs> Wrigley is his last name. Yeah, invented for just this occasion. So he he has the Wrigley Super Virus on his desktop. He drags it. <laughs> he, he he drags and drops the it, Super Virus. It's an icon. It's an icon that looks like a skull and crossbones. Yeah. He drags the Super Virus onto the video chat window. Yeah. This sets off an EMP that I can only describe as a significant act of domestic terrorism. <laughs> Wrigley Super Virus, invented for just this case. Now we scramble your hard drive. And every other working computer within 50 miles. Well, it does make their video feed go all kind of wibbly-wobbly. Yeah, so it, it stops the hackers from tracking him. However, he notes that it will also have scrambled the hard drive of every computer within 50 miles. Now, mm. let's just take a moment to think about what scrambling the hard drive of every computer within 50 miles does to America's yeah. infrastructure. So, okay, the, all the life support in the hospitals, that's off. Yeah, gone. Planes are falling out of the sky. Yeah, uh, like the um, next plot point yeah, is that basically this EMP has interfered with Santa's navigational systems and so Santa is down presumably as well as many planes all the tra- all the traffic signals those yeah. are gone so cars are just careening through junctions trains. smashing into each other trains yep. yeah trains uh, barreling through stations yeah. at uh, dangerously unsafe speeds but we don't see any of that all the only do you know why you don't see that do you know because why it would be you expensive. don't do you know why you don't see planes falling out of the sky and people running and screaming why because is that? Reindeer flu is simultaneously happening. The pilot is already transformed into a reindeer zombie. <laughs> yeah, and is eating the brains of his co-pilot. <laughs> yeah. So no one notices when yeah. the plane loses power and plows into a mountain. Yeah, <laughs> he's jamming passengers with his antlers, <laughs> running them through. Um. So yeah, he's brought down Santa's sleigh. It's there's it's thudded onto the roof. Um, Nick hears it. Danny comes down as well. Something's coming down the chimney. They're both ready to sort of deal with this home invader. But then the fire freezes. Everybody freezes. And then sort of early 2000s CGI balls fill the room and form up into Santa Claus. It's like Mr. DNA from Jurassic Park. You know, like in the little CGI bits. It's like... It's like red, green and blue spheres. Yeah, it looks awful. Um, Yeah, there's no like texture or light on them. This year, Santa has gone high tech. That's the idea. So, like, he's got mm. a, a flight, a high-tech flight nav system. Well, he had to because all of his reindeer have the reindeer flu. Of course, yes. So he's yeah. had to go high-tech. He's also using a high-tech orb, which controls the freezing of time. Yes. And also lets him dematerialize. Yes. Uh, you know, turn into glob- globules and yes. reform somewhere else. The other power it has is to shrink items down. And to enlarge them again. The classic center. I think that's in the original poem. And and we're we're kind of given the impression that this is how Santa does it all in one night. Like he freezes time. Yeah. He takes these little shrunken presents out of his out of his bag and he puts them under the tree, and then he you know embiggens them magically, and then he goes back to his sleigh, unfreezes yeah. time, and moves on to the next house. However, I think it's worth noting that that sounds like actual hell. 
because <laughs> how does Santa do it all in one night? Well, it's magic is a much more satisfactory explanation than Santa has to live out in real time visiting yeah. every house in the world. It would take, you know, years each it, each Christmas. Also, he's like embiggening these presents, but they're not that small to begin with. To fit to fit all of the world's gifts in his sack, they would have to be like on an atomic level. Right, there'd yeah. have to be like yeah, one yeah, yeah. atom high. Well, it's just one of the many things that this film sets up and then doesn't interrogate in any way. Yeah, so it annoys me though because just have Santa be magic. Just have these be, <laughs> just have it be magic. That's fine. But it, it has to be a sort of external piece of technology. Otherwise, Uncle Nick couldn't steal it and use it for crime. <laughs> use it for crime. You're right. He would have to. Um, I mean, he would if it was magic. He would have to actually take Santa with him and say, "Santa, I'll kill you unless you stop time." <laughs> and again, that's going to bring down the good time. The Good Time Children's movie. If Santa's got a gun in his mouth for half the film. <laughs> Uncle Nick with a kitchen knife to Santa's throat. Okay, now now make now make this Ferrari be small or I'll kill you. Well, we're getting we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. So Santa needs to get rid of the virus, which I guess is still going. Yeah. Santa is being given sort of instructions by someone called Albert. We never find out who Albert is or see Albert. Oh yeah. Or hear anything from Albert after this scene. Fine. He tells Santa to drag the virus icon, so the skull and crossbones icon, into the recycle bin. Yeah. And then empty the recycle bin, and that turns off the Wrigley super virus. I've got written down here, um, my note is, 20 minutes in, Santa is moving a super virus to the recycle bin. That's where we are with this film. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... (laughs) So... So moving the uh, the desktop icon of the virus has now deactivated it. Yeah, all so. of the planes are back up in the sky. Don't worry. <laughs> they, they, they lurch back up into the sky. <laughs> Everyone's okay. Santa, having fixed the virus, he says, well, we may as well start here. He's got a naughty, like a digitised naughty list. So Peter is on the nice list. Caitlin is on the nice list. Danny is on the naughty list because mm-hmm. um, he's constantly scamming. And this is the uh, this is the first of many scenes in the in this film where people are frozen and instead of having any sort of special effects for the frozen people, they just have people try and stand still and none of them can do it. Just honestly, Brian Cranston standing as still as he can. And and le- look, the man is a fine actor. We know this. It's it's proven. But stands, he's about as good at standing still as everyone else is. And the infuriating thing about this is that you don't need a special effect. You just need to pause your footage. It can just be a freeze frame. This isn't necessarily Santa moving amongst the people who are frozen. It's a shot of them frozen. It's a shot of them everyone frozen. Everyone in this film who's supposed to be frozen, they are ju- they are shaking uncontrollably in every shot. It must have been very cold on set is all I can think. Or, or, or it took They've had to like- hold it for... For honest, honest to God hours, minutes. it must be because yeah. they are yeah. shaking. They're trembling. They're weeping. Yeah. <laughs> they're shaking. You must have got the shot by they now. Probably, oh, we'll get it in post. And you know what? You really could get this in post because all you need to do is isolate any one frame of it and just yeah. stretch, stretch that bad boy out. Did it with the fire. Freeze frame. Yeah, freeze frame it. You're absolutely right. It's wild that mm. just people just being asked to stand still. But yeah, and also Nick, uh, Uncle Nick, is apparently on the naughty list for life. Oh. Like, they keep coming back to this throughout the film, and it seems like there's some sort of unspecified, really serious crimes in his past. He has just, like, shut down every hospital in a 50-mile radius. That's true. He's probably killed thousands in the last five minutes. Yeah, exactly. And doesn't seem even remorseful. So, Nick and Danny are frozen by an evil spell. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But clumsy Santa... Idiot Santa. ...drops his magic bauble, and it unfreezes... 
uh, Nick and Danny. Santa lunges for the fireplace. He trips on the fire poker, smashes his head on the mantelpiece, <laughs> Santa's dead. and Santa. dies. Yeah. <laughs> Nick kicks him a few times. He's he's dead. Yeah. But then Nick and Danny, like, have the bauble, right? The magic bauble that Santa does. Yeah, because Santa's out. He can't stop them now. Yeah. So the film has quite efficiently introduced this magic bauble and shown you all of the things it can do. Yeah. So we don't need the following 15 minutes of the film where Nick and Danny tediously go through all of the features already covered by the film that this bauble can do. We have to watch them, like, freeze each other and make something big and make something small and go, whoa! Do you remember when it took five minutes for the CGI balls of Santa to float into the room? We'll get ready for that again, but with Brian Cranston going up to the roof and then back down again. And then unfreezing Danny and being like, now you're unfrozen by this bauble, which can do that. And it's like, I know. (laughs) I know. I have to record a podcast about this in like (laughs) one hour. Can we we... we move this along, Disney Plus needs to add a playback speed option for me. 1.5 speed. (laughs) A 1.5 speed would be so useful. Oh my God. Yeah, so so that sucks. But Uncle Nick, by playing with the bauble, has realised its criminal application. (laughs) That it has crime potential. Yeah, so he decides that he wants to do crimes with it and he tells Danny, hey, he doesn't say let's do crimes because he he doesn't think Danny will go along with it. He says, says, what if we pick up the gauntlet and selflessly fulfil Santa's mission ourselves? Listen, you're the wizard all these computer games, not me, so you'll be the pilot. I'll just deliver the presents. We'll be heroes. This is it, man. (laughs) This is our first adventure. This is what we've always talked about. You with me, partner? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wait. Wait, what about Caitlin and Peter? We can't just leave them alone. Danny is like, um, but what about my brother and sister? We can't just leave them here in the house alone. And Nick says, ah, but you're forgetting there's a dead Santa in the house. (laughs) You're forgetting one murdered adult counts as a, counts as counts as murdered adult now what was that second word <laughs> that's right adult it's like now i know what you're thinking we've killed a man and he's in the living room but he is a grown-up man and a grown-up yeah. man is in the house with the kids so they are supervised <laughs> so so it's all nice and legal if anyone complains our hands are clean so they hop up on the roof and they get into santa's sleigh they start fiddling around with the you know they get to grips with the interface which is about as awful as you would imagine oh it's so choice um is, is there anywhere we can put pictures of this because it's we'll, we'll put it on instagram like it's so oh my god yeah we'll put it in the instagram yeah. post for this episode but some of the yeah the naughty nice list is just uh you know graphic design is my passion <laughs> it's really good but using this interface they they start to they start figuring fi- figure things out like um i think the, there's a little girl called kathy mm-hmm. who was naughty 13 times this year so she's on the naughty list yeah she wanted a pony she gets an ant farm there's a kind of sliding scale yeah that's basically how santa operates in the universe of twas the night you ask for something and you get it if you were extremely good Mm. and the further you get from being good the more like a sarcastic imitation of the thing you want (laughs) (laughs) the thing you wanted will be it's a real passag system yeah yeah you wanted a pony you get ants you get <laughs> ants crawling all over your bedroom and your house should point out that they're in the rich part of town um for this yes. uh, because krantz wants to burglarize the houses but he justifies it by saying rich kids get lots of presents so we'll lighten our load if we get rid of all the 
the rich kids stuff first. Yeah, and da- you know, yeah. which you know makes sense to Danny because I guess it does make some yeah. kind of sense. I I think it's good that this film does at least passingly address that thing where Santa gives richer children nice and present <laughs> so um smash cut to um uncle nick running around inside one of these mansions going ooh, and picking up valuables yeah uh, while the sort of frozen it's quite sinister like the frozen house occupant is sort of there in the room yeah sort of unknowing while he is uh burglarized brian like, cranston right burglarizes and, and again this might just be me having to record a podcast about this film on a deadline, but like mm. he burglarizes at a snail's pace. <laughs> it is maddening to watch. He kind of, he walks around, he looks at something. It's a candle. It's not, it's a candlestick. Who cares? And he's like, Ooh. Don't mind if I do. What's this? A genuine Chesterfield sofa. I imagine. Sofas and footstools. You have to just go to every house, find the jewels, take the jewels. It's the hardest stuff to fence. Yeah. It's like he's taking like one of a kind paintings and things that would just give him away instantly if he tried to sell them. He, yeah, he takes an ornate footstool. What are you, you going to go to the pawn shop and be like, do you want this <laughs> footstool? No. Yeah, I'll give you $10 for it. It's worth 10000 Well, <sighs> I don't know that. It's I yeah. don't know anything about antique furniture. Probably the only person who would pay that much is the person you stole it from. <laughs> a real footstool aficionado. So like he's a real... He's a real garbage thief. He's an he's an expert virus manufacturer, but like a bad thief. He does it really yeah. slowly and he chooses things very poorly. Anyway, <laughs> rant so over. Back, back on the roof, Danny is checking out his own file. Um, he's on the naughty list because he apparently shakes down his brother and spends much of his time scamming. That is a direct quote. Spends much of his time scamming. Scamming? He can, I mean, he, can, he can't possibly because he's got no money. <laughs> He's got one dollar. He's see what he's practicing. It's it, all we know of Danny is he spends much of his time playing flight simulators. Well, maybe that's a scam. Maybe he's, <laughs> you know, maybe to you and me it looks like a flight simulator. But... Right, but it's actually a sophisticated scam. <laughs> yeah. This episode of Mom Can't Cook is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, unlike Santa's uh, remote control bauble, life doesn't come with a user manual. No. So when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Navigating life's challenges can make you feel unsure. That's natural. It could be something like a new relationship or becoming a parent or a career change. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. And it is a complex engine indeed, folks. But that's why therapy can be such a powerful tool. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, it's accessible anywhere, and it's 100% online. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online, and it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist, and if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. There are no waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. So learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash mcc. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash mcc. Nick says that Santa's had it too good for too long and it's time for him and Danny to, to rule Christmas. Yeah. So that's what's going on there. Meanwhile, Peter and Caitlin, back at the house, uh, the other kids, they've discovered uh, the unconscious Santa and they've t- they've tied him up. So we're back at where we were at the flashback at the start of the movie. Yes. 
Santa is gagged and they're interrogating him. Mick Wrigley has my sleigh? Oh my. Oh my, 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 my. That'll never do. I mean, I mean, Danny, why, why, he's a little naughty from time to time. But Nick Wrigley is incorrigible. So Santa realises what has happened. And he's like, oh my God, Nick Wrigley has my sleigh. This is the worst thing that could possibly have happened to Santa. Because he, he knows Nick's dark past that we're never privy to. But yeah. dark stuff, really dark stuff. <laughs> um, Santa's freaking out. And then he's like, wait, the computer, perhaps I can use the virus again. And Caitlin's like, well, what did you do with the virus? And he was like, well, I, I dragged the desktop icon into the recycle bin. And she's like, I'm sorry, Santa. It's gone forever. You've emptied. I mean, look, you've emptied the recycle bin. That that gets nothing. that gets rid of it. So, but wait, there's a computer on the sleigh. It must have a web address. <laughs> she then goes on to say, oh and Santa says, "Of course, it's sclause 2com <laughs> Wait, which... hang on, let me just check it. <laughs> Are you going to check if that's still extant? Sclause 2com cannot be reached good there that's go. what that's what i because the sleigh crashed because the sleigh crashed exactly yeah. um, um but their, their idea is because because they have the web address yeah sclause2.com <laughs> they can hack into the computer on the sleigh yes because all you need is someone's email address yeah exactly to, to get their data and then caitlin is going to override the navigation systems and bring the sleigh home okay let's go go where to the computer store. All the computers in our house are too weak for this job, but they have the new Lumax 2327. It's the most powerful desktop in the world. It's read out a little bit later in the film, but just are so we're going we to do the stats on this computer. Yeah, can, can, I read, yeah. can I read you the specs on the Lumax? On Man, the, I'd the, love to hear the this. 2327. The, the most powerful home computer ever created. Yeah, okay. So 1.2 terabyte hard drive. That's pretty good. That's all right. That's bigger than my hard drive. Even by modern standards, yeah, that's pretty that's good. That's pretty good. Six gigahertz processor. Wow. 512 megs of RAM. Okay. Now you're talking. Why do you need a hard drive that big? All you're storing is MP3s that you've taken from Napster and Dragon Ball FMVs. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that the writers of this film think that hard drive... I don't know what they think hard drives are. <laughs> but it's not what they think. It's not, it's not what they... they think, it isn't what they think it is. They think the hard drive is the gateway to all technology. It's like yeah. you're in the hard drive. It's the drive. thing that makes the computer go. Yeah. The more hard drive you have, the better your computer is. Yeah, exactly. Of course, we had the web address of his hard drive. I fried yeah. every hard drive. I fried his hard drive, and as such, everything in the world exploded. Oh, it's wild. But you know what? Honestly, like, the computer stuff is the only part of this film that I can genuinely say I enjoyed. <laughs> so, so from now on, the film is basically cutting back and forth between the adventures of Santa and the other kids and the the burglarizations of uh, the Kranst and Danny. We go back to Nick and Danny. Nick is still stealing... Uh, extremely difficult to resell furniture but Danny is thinking hard about the gifts for people so he's looking at the file yeah he sees that a boy that keeps getting into fights according to his to his list and so Danny is like I'll get him up I'll give him a punching bag because then he can channel his anger into healthy exercise Danny's Danny's being a good boy he's editing Santa's gift list he's trying to yeah. genuinely re- redistribute the wealth but he doesn't know that um, that Uncle Nick is downstairs very, very slowly and tediously robbing every house. He does, <laughs> yeah. in fact, go downstairs at one point and says, hey, why are you doing this so slowly? Why, why do you look really lumpy? Danny is, is doing some good santering and yeah. Nick, is, Nick goes on a sort of self-pitying rant about how when he was Danny's age, all he ever asked for was one thing. <laughs> one simple... Humble Christmas gifts. And I don't think it's too much to ask. 
All I, all all I, want I wanted was a custom-made Jimi Hendrix-signed <laughs> guitar. A custom-made Jimi Hendrix-signed electric six-string guitar with an ebony fingerboard from McCusack's Muzak store. <laughs> every year I'd ask for it. And every year it wasn't under the tree. Your dad got everything he ever wanted. Chemistry set, telescope, microscope, macroscope. Your father, my brother, <laughs> he got everything he wanted. A chemistry set, a microscope. But no, the 10 grand guitar I wanted was apparently off, off limits for old Nick. Okay, a cursory Google tells me that, yeah, you, you can get about... $10,000 for a Jimi Hendrix signed guitar. So, okay, I'm just seeing um, how much a chemistry set is. Uh, <laughs> if that's 10,000. Uh, okay, the Science Museum shop has one for 18 pounds. Okay, yeah. So. Like, like at the amount of money you probably want to spend on your kid's Christmas present. Yeah. And he's like, why was I never bought the $10,000 guitar? I, uh, Nick, I don't, want, I don't know what to, to tell you, son. I love you just as much as I love your brother, but he wants a chemistry set, and I, I just don't have the $10,000 that the music store wants for this well, act. Well, I'm going to become a scammer then. I, no, I don't want you to do that, son. No, Can too we late. Talk? I'm developing viruses. I'm stealing furniture. What if I got you a, a, a good but more affordable guitar? Fuck you. <laughs> he, Nick, Uncle Nick says that if only his dad had been a bit kind. He, Uncle Nick says that if only Danny had been in charge of gift allocation when he was a boy, yeah. maybe he would be touring with the Stones right now. You know how the Stones are always like subbing in new guitars. <laughs> yeah, there was like, hey, do the you Stones who have kept the same lineup for <laughs> sixty years at this point. Also, Uncle Nick is one of those guitar people. Um, who believes that like they would have been good at guitar if only they had a more expensive guitar, which is yeah. not true of any guitarist ever. All guitars are basically the same. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a scam. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. So oh, I need to like massage my eyes a little bit because the, the next thing that's coming up is what I can only describe as a, a prolonged and an unbelievably cringeworthy Santa <laughs> skit. Unfunny bit. Yeah. Um, They're like, we need some wacky Santa shenanigans, but we haven't got any budget or ideas. <laughs> so well, what if Santa drove down an alleyway yeah. and some toughs were there? Yeah. How would that play out, I wonder? So some street toughs. Again, this looks like... Hey, a I've scene. done half the work for you, writer's room. You do the rest. Yeah. I'm going to play golf. I think we'll, I think we'll get it on the day. I think we'll find it. I think we'll find just, it in the moment, and then we'll get it. Let's just freestyle in post. it, and you know, feel we'll just do what feels right in the moment. And I think the comedy will really arise from the sort of the situation. You know, we're all really good improvisers here. So the toughs come up. They menace Santa. They're like, "Hey, Santa, you suck." And Santa's like, "Oh, well, I'm gonna get out the car because I'm nice, and that seems to be what you want me to do." And yeah. then they're like, "Now I'm gonna." One of the toughs, the the head tough, is like, "Hey, Santa, you, you, with your wise mouth, now I'm gonna punch you." And yep. they go. He goes to punch Santa, but every time he goes to punch Santa, I'm, I'm just getting through this as quickly as I can. Every time Please. he goes to punch Santa, Santa tickles him, and that goes on for a very, very long time until Santa does. He does parkour up a wall, he, yes, and he, backflip over, and then do lots of tickles. He, he does wall run up it like Trinity. Um, yeah, and yeah, and then does. Loads and it goes of all slow motion and does a sort of cool sound effect. Yeah, uh, and then the street tough is like, "Hey, Santa, you're all right, actually." Um, yeah. You, you know, I like the way you tickled me. So we're gonna help. <laughs> we're gonna help you get yeah. to the the computer store. Then they enter the computer store, and the manager says to Santa, "You're late. 
you were supposed to be here at the start of the working day. Stop doing Santa skits. And then Santa says, oh, and then that's the end of that one. It's not followed (laughs) up or explained in any way. So I guess they sort of like were like right rest of Santa skit here. Okay. And then didn't. So they need a um they need a diversion so that they can basically use the Lumax two three two seven in the shop yeah. to hack into the sleigh's web address. Because they're not gonna buy it because it's expensive and I guess Santa doesn't have any cash on hand or whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So um the diversion is basically Peter walks up to someone who works there and says Peter who is nine, remember. Yeah. I need but to go to like the bathroom. Yeah, and and they're like, oh, well, I don't know. I don't really want to take you to the the bathroom. I'm not really your parent or a responsible adult. It's a massively weird thing for me to do. And Peter's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna piss on this floor if you don't, <laughs> just, if you don't do it. He just starts, he just starts peeing. Yeah, right on the computers. And uh, I've got written down here that it's it's a big swing, but actually, just threatening to wet yourself probably would work in most situations i think so i think peter is displaying an intelligence far above the age his voice is telling us he is exactly is it dignified no but like hey hey i'm checking in for my flight are there any upgrades today is it you know is it possible is there a seat in first class no i'm afraid there isn't sir okay i'm gonna wet myself if you don't put me in first class i'm just gonna start peeing i'm gonna gonna stop until you put me in first class (laughs) <laughs> well now well well now 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 you're really rolling the dice because because how long can you keep peeing for uh I, I think with judicious flow management you could probably long enough maybe you could pee a little bit and then be like there's more where that came from so how are you feeling about first class now because yeah. i can turn the tap on so <laughs> one of the one of the main draws of first class is that no one in there is peeing all the time <laughs> So really, if yeah. Well, we can't yeah, but you if you first... put me in first class, I will stop. Yeah, that's reasonable. I will have used most of my pee by that point. <laughs> Do you have a table by the window? Oh no, I'm afraid all of that. Okay, here's what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to start wetting myself on the count of three. <laughs> the ball is in your court, Matron. I'd like to return this sweater, please. Uh, it was the wrong size. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. We have a 28-day returns window. Wait, wait, sir. Why are you sir. going red in the face? Why? No, no, sir. No. Sir. <laughs> My God, get this man another sweater. <laughs> I think you've stumbled across across the Wrigley super virus of life. Yeah, it's an incredible life hack. <laughs> you incredible life hack. to wet yourself there and then. Yeah. <laughs> I've made my position clear and now the ball's in yeah. your court the position is in the middle of a puddle of my own urine <laughs> it's your move <laughs> it's your, not getting the service that you think you deserve you know you have you know what you have the option you've got to deploy the Westaway method <laughs> no I don't it. want it called the Westaway method no it's method. too late it's too late it's stuck oh, it's taken oh no Okay, so anyway. But, okay, so this incredible technique has given Caitlin the opportunity she needs to turn on the Lumax 2327. Yeah. Which starts up with some sort of clip art and it goes, This is Lumax 2327. I am ready. You know, like computers do. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah. the Windows bong wasn't catchy enough. Yeah. So now it's. And she's plugged, in, it's, she's plugged in a joystick for a video game. So now she can take remote control of the sleigh because of hard drives. Yeah. And, 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 and web actually, addresses. It's worked. She is in direct control of the sleigh. And. Um, 
And so she starts steering the sleigh back to their house. Nick and Danny's plan currently is to head over to the Vanderlip Mansion, which is the sort of the biggest house in town. Why don't we go to the homeless shelter? Pass out some stuff there. Homeless shelter? They haven't got anything. So, yes, we should go there. Or, or, hey, here's a great idea. Why don't we just zoom over to the Vanderlip Mansion and spread some Christmas magic there? There won't be any kids there. Just a, a whole bunch of grown-ups and fancy clothes and jewels and having a party or something. Yeah. They've got more than they need. Why would we want to give them more? Listen, they're probably going to have some kind of major feast, right? With caviar and roast beef, all the trimmings. I guess, yeah. So this is where we outdo that old fogey clause. We switch the dinners. <laughs> yeah, we let the rich folks see what life is really like for a change, while at the same time bring a little Christmas cheer to the downtrodden. That's a great idea. Man, you are a great Santa. They've switched dinners so that the people who are currently unhoused will have the Vanderlip dinner and the Vanderlip party guests will eat the soup from the soup kitchen. The first part of that plan is stealing the soup from the soup kitchen, which, <laughs> yeah, that's that's rough. But they do, so in the sleigh, they do currently have miniature pots of hot soup, which they've stolen from a soup kitchen. Not really so. cool. Um, also, all this is happening in parallel as if... As if time is moving normally for Nick and Danny, but it isn't. Yes, because they keep freezing time. They freeze time all the time. So they would they would have got to this point way before Santa and the kids got to... Oh, you're right. They would have done this in like two or three Earth minutes. Yeah. So it, they would still be back in... They wouldn't even have gone down and found Santa yet at this point. The film's chronology does not hang together. No, it's bizarre. I've just, I've just realised that they only freeze time when they're in the buildings robbing stuff. Yeah. And so they stole the soup from the soup kitchen and they're on the way to the mansion, but they haven't switched the dinners yet. (laughs) And time isn't frozen while they're traveling. So there's just a bunch of like very sad unhoused people who haven't got any dinner because it was stolen. Yeah, I mean, from their point of view, all of the soup is going to vanish and then they have the option, shall we hang around and see if magically in about 45 minutes this becomes (laughs) turkey? Probably not. I think I'll go back out into the cold, I guess. I guess let's try another. Uh, another kitchen perhaps oh god yeah. i hadn't even thought of that that's awful the plan the plan sucks and they should feel terrible but what they feel terrible about in the short term is that caitlin has assumed direct control of the sleigh and they think yeah. that's going to ruin their plan so in what you have to admit is a bold move they decide to turn off the sleigh and crash and die <laughs> we could cut the power off then turn it back on real quick that would stop a signal, but it could also do some damage with the hard drive. Who cares about the hard drive? It's our only choice. Let's do it now because we're right over the mansion. Go! They're like, well, it could damage the hard drive. Yeah. Um, because, <laughs> because hard drives because are everything. Hard drives are everything. <laughs> but it's the risk they're going to have to take. So they turn it off and on again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sleigh falls out of the sky. Um, the power doesn't come on, and then it does. Yeah. And they land gently outside the Vanderlip mansion. So, yes. K- uh, Caitlin, she's lost control now. Yep. She's desolate. Santa is mad. Danny is placed on the naughty list for life. I think Santa yeah. sucks in this film. <laughs> and I don't just mean like the things he does or the powers he has. Like, he's kind of. The vibe he has is like really sad and angry. He's not holly jolly. He's not. He doesn't. He's like. The idea is that he's sort of burned out on doing this and yeah. he's like, oh, I only see the worst in people now and everyone lets me down. 
and humans are awful. Santa he's like, shouldn't oh, be I'm... sad and angry. Yeah, he's got a line where he's like, I'm sorry, kids, Santa's just a little depressed. And it's just it's heartbreaking. This is a Christmas film. Yeah. You can imagine the families all sitting around excitedly um, watching the Disney Channel on Christmas Eve and they're watching <laughs> depressed Santa and Brian Cranston burglarising houses. <laughs> But now we get now we get the most ambitious budgety bit of the movie. But- oh my god! This okay. So we're at the Vandalit Mansion. Yeah, everyone is frozen. They're all shaking quite badly. And <laughs> Uncle Nick, Uncle Nick, Uncle Nick just goes off the rails with the crime at this point. He's he's stealing, but he's also like doing pranks while he's doing it. He's like moving people's stuff around. Uh, he yeah. like makes one of the women kiss him uh, because he is basically. Uh, capering around, going. <laughs> he's like a like a Batman villain. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, that's exactly it. I've frozen everyone at the charity ball, Cape Crusader. <laughs> There's nothing you can do to stop me. I have a time ray. <laughs> so Danny figures out that Uncle Nick is running a scam because I guess he looks at him for one second. Yeah, well, he sees that. He, so the the jewel of um. Cranston's crimes here is he's the stolen lip diamond. He's stolen the Vandalip diamond, which is a gigantic diamond ring, and he's wearing it on his finger. Yeah. And Danny sees that. He said, I thought there was something fishy about your lumpy stomach. Yeah. And he presses the button to expand all of Crancy's ill-gotten gains. Yeah. Uh, which include cushions, chests of drawers, various bits of furniture. Yeah. And a Ferrari. Yeah. So in a, in a in a in a little bit of uh, comic scene, all of this stuff that he's kind of smuggling under his jumper reembiggens magically, and Brian Cranston is kind of left teetering atop a huge pyramid of full size stolen goods. Now, mm. it by rights it should explode him. I want you to imagine a, a Hot Wheels Ferrari under your jumper. Okay, a a Ferrari is indeed one of the things that he's stolen, right? Imagine the Hot Wheels Ferrari under your jumper immediately becomes a full-size Ferrari. Are you alive two milliseconds later? Well, I I would be alive maybe two seconds later, um, but I am being crushed by the car and I would expire in about 10 seconds probably. Yeah, I think so. I I mean, the velocity that your body is moving at, I mean, presumably displacement occurs, you are now sort of half in and half out the the Ferrari. Yeah, Um, it would not be a good death. It would not, no. uh, It's the death that Uncle Nick deserves. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I hope maybe Danny tried to atomise Uncle Nick. (laughs) It would would be a fitting death. This is the point at which Danny realises that Nick is irredeemable. He says, we're done. We're through. And... Uncle Nick is like, oh, come on, just because I made you an, an accomplice yeah. in a breathtaking crime spree. <laughs> come on. Come on. Nick, come and, on. And it's like, oh, okay, Nick is willing to lose everything except the respect of his nephew. And that's what you're sort of briefly led to think. But then Nick steals <laughs> steals Santa's magic bauble and hops out of the sleigh and runs away. Yeah. Runs, you're runs like, away. okay, here we, here we go. Now becomes the turn where the character realises his... Oh, no, he has stolen the thing and he's off. Yeah, he's run away. So he leaves he leaves Danny, his nephew, to, I guess, pilot Santa's sleigh all by himself back home. Because Danny's like, this crime spree is over. I'm taking Santa's sleigh back to Santa. Maybe I can help him now still, you know. So Danny flies the thing back, right? Um, but he's... <laughs> He smashes the sleigh into the front yard and breaks it. Yeah, despite piloting it fine before. No one seems to come out of their houses uh, when a sleigh smashes into the ground. But remember, they're all in the grip of reindeer flu. They're yeah, they're <laughs> they're cornered in the basement while Dad has transformed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
into a special infected reindeer <laughs> with an- antlers for hands. They're trying to they're trying to smuggle family members like hiding yeah. their hiding antlers <laughs> yeah. under yeah. a town. They've heard that the CDC has a safe zone outside of town. <laughs> yeah. What? No, he's no reindeer. Let me see his nose. No, you, no, no. No, no. Why are you wearing gloves? Show me your hands. Oh, my God. Hoofs. Take the shot. If you have a shot, take it. Oh, no. Danny tries to apologise to Santa. He explains that he wasn't trying to steal. He says that his Uncle Nick is not really a bad guy, despite all the evidence to the contrary. Yeah. But he, he just, he got in all over his head this time. And that's the way he is. He's just a scammer. I mean, And, and then and, Santa yeah. says, how does it feel being the one scammed this time? Yeah, Santa's like, yes, you're right. He is a scammer. Hence me not liking him or you. So, you know, full stop. Yeah. But Kate, Caitlin, computer whiz Caitlin, is diagnosing the, the problems with the crashed sleigh. And wouldn't you know it, she figures out that the hard drive is fried. Oh my god, are you serious? Yeah, it's got a fried That's hard That's the drive. worst thing that could happen to a computer. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. The everything yeah. the everything machine has broken. That's gonna, <laughs> the hard drive is That's... everything and everything is hard drive. Oh no. So there's there's nothing that can be done and and they're sunk because the computer store is closed tomorrow, which is Christmas. Because it's Christmas, which ru- is ruining her plan to I guess buy a flight computer from Best Buy. <laughs> <laughs> She just needs a hard drive. She just needs an, yeah, an off-the-shelf. Yeah. I just need a hard drive. <laughs> an off-the-shelf, like, thumb, thumb stick. How do you fly a plane? Thumb drive. Well, it's a joystick on a hard drive. How do you fly a plane? Well, you just plug a hard drive into it. The hard drive's in the plane, and the plane's on the hard drive. Um, this is a 1.2 terabyte hard drive, so I think it can do <laughs> pretty much anything. I think it can maybe. handle flying a plane. <laughs> anyway, so everything's gone bad at the... What's their last name again? Uh, with uh, the Wrigley's. That's right. Everything's gone bad at the Wrigley house. Across town, Uncle Nick is sort of slumped, like at a bus stop. Yeah, outside of a church. Yeah, and he's got his big bag full of. He's got a bag full of stolen goods. Yeah, shrunken. He doesn't have the bauble. He still has the bauble, right? He still has so, the bauble because he just okay. Ran so off all his it. Ferraris and stuff are in a bag now. Yes, um, and in an odd coincidence, the Crypto Bros pull up in a car with Elliot the henchman in the back. And they say, yeah. hey, dejected Santa, do you know where 300 Walnut Street is? We're going to go there and kill everyone who lives there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Brian Cranston's like, oh, there's that way. Concealing his identity. His first thought is to conceal his own identity so he doesn't get killed. But then, 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 the bus pulls up and the guy's like, are you getting on? Are you getting on? And he's like, he has a decision to make. Get on the bus with his stolen Ferraris or go back to the house and stop his family being murdered. Yeah. And he thinks long and hard about it. <laughs> it's incredible to me that Uncle Nick's big redemption moment is when he decides not to do nothing <laughs> while his niece and nephews are murdered by people who are out to collect money that he stole. <laughs> You're like, wow, what a great... He's a real a real stand-up guy, I can't this believe Nick. He's he, really yeah, turned around. He turned it around. Well done, Uncle Nick. You didn't yeah. stand by... You didn't do nothing. While the consequences of your actions played out, yeah. resulting in... While little, while little four or maybe nine-year-old Peter was murdered. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so the, the, the dudes show up in their car. They tracked it. They tracked uh, <laughs> Nick with a GPS. Yeah, and Caitlin says, hey, is that the GPS 1162? And they're like, sure is. Because... <laughs> you got it, girl. Technology in this film is just like a four-digit code after, <laughs> after the, what the thing is. Yeah, you know, the GPS 1162. Yeah, the Lumax 2327... So yeah, these guys, uh, they're like a weird triple act. So one has, one has lost a contact lens inside his head. The other has a migraine. 
and Elliot hasn't hurt anyone in over five hours. Uh, again, so it's they're like all angry. It, it's like they're just there on set and they're doing the scene and they're like, ah, oh, it's not popping. It's not pop. Uh, pretend you've lost a uh, makeup. Makeup. Can we make his eye a bit puffy, like he's lost a contact lens in his mm. head? And and just that's you know, funny. That's funny. But but it is none of this is funny. But we've already established that Santa is good at like disarming toughs yes. with his tickling. So we need to we need to explain why that won't work this time. So what if we have a scene where that just that doesn't work? Yeah. Santa goes up to tickle Elliot and Elliot's like, I'm not ticklish. The other thing that sucks about this is that Elliot right, okay. The one thing we know about we what we know about Elliot, he's super, super strong, he's super mm-hmm. mean, however, he has a soft spot for Santa, Santa Claus because he yeah. sees the mole Santa who is secretly Brian Cranston and is like, hey, Santa, let me help you because Elliot has a heart of gold, really, and he likes Santa. Yeah. But then he sees Santa and is just like, well, time to kill Santa, I guess. <laughs> I guess I'm killing Santa tonight as well. Yeah. So, but, uh, it's all over the place. Luckily, Uncle Nick does turn up and he's like, hey, everyone, I've got a big bag full of Ferraris, but I can't give it to you. It's not mine to give. Aww. It's not worth what I'd have to give up to keep it. Aww. These things have to go back. Aww. And so they're like, all right, great, we'll kill you. But Nick is like, but also I I am, I feel confident saying all this because there is zero threat to me because I still have the magic shrinking ball. So he shrinks Elliot. <laughs> he was in, never in any physical danger. So, so he, actually, here's the order of events as the movie pre- presents them. Uh, Uncle Nick shrinks Elliot. Then in a smash cut, we see normal size Elliot in a car driving away. Quite a lot happened. Um, because I guess the film didn't want us to leave us with the frightening idea that Elliot is small forever. So we are left to fill in the blanks and imagine a, a situation where... Uncle- they arrived at an entente cordiale. Yeah. The, debt, the debt was forgiven. <laughs> Elliot was returned to normal size. They all agreed to go their separate ways. Put small ways. Elliot in the back of the car and drive away. And as you drive away, I'll make him normal size again. And and we and you keep then you keep driving yeah and i and and we're good and we're and we're square so everything is fixed so uncle nick does not pay the debt no no he yeah he doesn't pay the debt those people he has he has legitimately stolen 30,000 of those men's dollars and then physically threatened them into dropping the debt yes Oh, that's where we leave that. Yeah. It's a Christmas miracle. Oh, leaves you feeling all warm yeah. and, and fuzzy. Um, however, um, however, they've gotten rid of the small problem, which is the you know the the bros that are that are chasing them. However, they can't save Christmas because the sleigh is still wrecked and the hard drive. The hard drive. Uh, and Caitlin says, "Sure, I could fix this sleigh with a home computer." But our desktops aren't portable. How long an extension cord would we need to get back to the North Pole? If only there was some way to have some kind of portable computer. And then up comes Peter who says, Would a powerful laptop work? (laughs) And Uncle Nick's like, Oh no! And and this is his not his, sweet lappy. This is this is where we just like pop the cherry on top of his redemption Sunday, because he has to give up lappy. The thing he loves most in the world, definitely including his, his nieces and nephews. His, his scamming laptop. His scamming laptop. And he, he plugs in his scamming laptop to Santa's sleigh so that the powerful laptop runs Santa's sleigh and they are able to save Christmas that way. That's it. That is that that is basically it. We need to devote some time to talking about like the very ending. 
because it's like you know the, the parents get home i mean they're infected at this point with reindeer flu but probably don't know it. <laughs> of course yeah dad comes yeah. home dad charges through the wall antlers sprouting from his head hit bright red nose lights up the room mum makes a dive for where they keep the gun but dad <laughs> there's still enough of his human brain to know what she's up to <laughs> right. he tramples the family <laughs> and that's yeah that's, and that's the, the end of the, the ending no um yeah. the parents are back it's christmas morning and everyone is opening their gifts <laughs> the two doctors who gave yeah. up christmas eve with their children they don't appear to have any presents from santa but uncle nick <laughs> uncle nick what's this under the tree why it's the signed Jimi hendrix guitar yeah it's a gibson sg yeah so i mean already you're looking at like a custom sg five thousand pounds easily and that's, and that's be- without that's before jimmy's john yeah, hancock that's without the Jimi hendrix signature yeah. Um, so yeah again we're looking at a ten thousand yeah. dollar guitar easily uh and then we have what i think is the only good scene in the film <laughs> well i mean we had the the virus oh damn it okay we, we have the, 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 the we second have, good scene. did you forget we have your email address <laughs> we have the second good scene in the film where <laughs> the parents say hey uncle nick come on why don't you play that thing the kids have never heard you play and brian cranston uncle nick is like oh uh, okay all right oh, but I'm a, I'm a little rusty and he he uh, kind of p- puts on the electric guitar hunches over it and and busts out. Cocks it into the accompanying amp. Yes. Which I assume also was a gift from Santa. <laughs> yeah, again, pretty expensive, but you know, Uncle Nick's earned it, not like the doctor parents who gave up their Christmas <laughs> Eve, whatever, it's fine. Contracted reindeer flu. And, <laughs> and Uncle Nick uh, sort of picks out slowly, painfully, terribly some Christmas music. Jingle bells. Jingle bells. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. It sounds bad. The family exchange worried looks. Uh oh, this is pretty awkward. And then Uncle Nick, Brian Cranston, it's a fake out. <laughs> Busts into a face melting solo. (laughs) Not just a face melting solo, he starts doing some sort of extremely sexual sort of backbends. He's like on his knees on the floor, like humping the air with the guitar right in front of his astonished nieces and nephews. It's like a kind of static knee slide it's like it's like kind of zeppelin-esque right he's kind of just he, getting the lead out the, yeah wriggling around i guess you know in a sort of Jimi hendrix style just making sweet love to that fretboard right like just, yeah it's like he may as well have just like put one leg up on the sofa arm and started like <laughs> doing groin thrusts into the family's face with this guitar and you're just treated and it is a treat to this scene of of brian cranston from breaking bad respected actor brian cranston just just absolutely melting faces with this electric guitar yeah. and that is the end of the film wow they pulled it round in the last 10 seconds good job yeah <laughs> so yeah actually it's good <laughs> and then and then unfortunately the hard drive of the guitar does melt down yeah unfortunately and... yeah um, <laughs> uh, unfortunately <laughs> the guitar is unplayable the people who were scammed access the email address um, of the guitar yeah nicksguitar.org nicksguitar2.com and they use the gps 1162 to send a virus directly to to send a video file to the guitar (laughs) oh man uh tldr the santa claus but with crime (laughs) did you think twas the night was good i suspect not 
but maybe you thought it was bad and you want to roast it in an email. We love yeah. reading your emails. Um, maybe you're Brian Cranston. It's the work you're most proud of. Brian, please, we would love to have you on. Brian, I'd love to hear why you think that. <laughs> yeah, Brian. <laughs> I assume that you do, and I, I can't imagine how you would defend that position. Go on the podcast and defend your point of view. Yeah, Brian, you can't just say stuff like that and expect us not to challenge it. I really don't want to upset Brian Cranston. <laughs> I don't think he listens. If you want to email the podcast with some decom treasure that you found or just what you, you know, your thoughts on a movie, then you can do so by emailing momcantcookpod at gmail.com. Andy, I want to read you this email, which comes uh, via Martin. Yeah. Uh, I agree that Alana Austin was really good in Motocrossed. Um, yes, agreed. Yeah, I, I feel like there was so much to talk about with Motocross. We didn't really spend enough time appreciating how Alana Austin is is putting in. Like, is it the best decom? I think it might be my, the best decom performance. The I best think. decom performance so far. It's really I good. She's, I, I, I think she's. I think she absolutely absolutely kills it. Anyway, anyway. What about the childish rage when little Tommy kicks down that treehouse? <laughs> Okay, yeah. In horse sense. I was I mean. wrong to forget that, and I've changed my yeah. mind now. Martin continues Did you know she ended up doing another motocross film before she stopped acting? Motocross Kids. And Martin okay. includes a synopsis for this film. Ooh, okay. Interesting. A motocross coach and his daughter need to win an important race. They yep. receive unexpected help from okay. a chimpanzee. What? <laughs> who helps, oh, excuse me? Who helps them fight a gang of rowdy bikers. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's the, the what? That could ruin the girl's future. <laughs> this that can't be real. <laughs> what a chimpanzee! Can we watch that? Is it? Oh, Disney. Why is that not a decom? Oh man, it looks really good. Oh, man, would motocross have have been improved with the addition of a chimpanzee? It's hard to imagine any film not being improved by the presence of a chimpanzee. Oh my god. Um, the Amazon description of this film is just motocross kids race about their farm, which... which <laughs> Way to bury which, the lead. Where's the chimpanzee? Okay, which is next to a poster of the film with someone doing a sick motocross jump and a chimp is there doing a big grin. So it's like, <laughs> Amazon, I don't think that is the full story is it do you want people to watch this movie or not mention the chimpanzee <laughs> mention the chimp and martin points out you won't believe this andy it has gary Booty in it what <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god that's a grown-up dean talon oh man if i can find some i'll put in a bit of trailer for motocross kids tj i think i broke my arm where are we gonna find a rider on such short notice You're going to leave the fate of this ranch in the hands of a moto monkey. A moto what? The moto monkey. Wait, hang on. Did we decide a point in Twas the Night where <laughs> where Danny died? Oh, um, no, I've got it. No, I've got it's, it. When, it's when Santa dies when he hits his head. No, 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 no. Hang on, hang on. You know Danny goes to bed and then he comes yes. downstairs. He, come, he comes downstairs because him and uh, Brian Cranston both hear noises on the roof. Um, Uncle Nick has already armed himself with a fire poker at this point. Yeah. So it could be that disturbed, he swings around and lashes out and brains Danny with the fire poker. I, I think I can get even earlier. Oh, yeah. Danny goes up to bed. He never comes downstairs. <laughs> the reindeer flu is already in his brain. <laughs> <laughs> rewiring his neural <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He, he sees the film play out. What everyone else sees is a half reindeer Danny rampaging around the house. <laughs> Before being destroyed by the CDC. <laughs> Task force, yeah. There you go. 
Thanks very much for listening, folks. If you want to buy some some Mom Can't Cook merch, you can find all our merch at momcantcookstore.com. We got some pretty sweet t-shirts there and some stickers and some posters. It's a good time, so why not go a-browsing? We are going to be taking a short Christmas break. Um, We will be back on the 9th of January. Yes. uh, With our next episode in which... Get ready, folks. Okay. We're going to be watching Brink. My favourite. I know it's your favourite as well, Andy. I am so excited to watch Brink for what will be the third time. Yes. Um, Brink is the first decom that we watched together, as I think mm. we mentioned in the first episode of this podcast. Brink is the foundation stone upon which Mom Can't Cook, and I think many happy lives are built. <laughs> it's the foundational decom. Yeah. I think we can all agree. Exactly. Um, the platonic ideal of what a decom could be. I'm going to read you the synopsis of Brink from... Disney Plus, Go on. Uh, which I imagine won't be very good. No. Um, <laughs> Andy Brink Brinker is the best inline skater at the beach, skating with his crew for the joy of it. But when a spot on a sponsored team opens up, Brink feels compelled to take it, hoping to help his family with the money he'll earn. Not great. Um, I'm on IMDb here and there is a user description from someone called Johnny, which is a bit better. So, Andrew Brink Brinker is a soul skater living one day at a time. Oh, damn. After his dad gets laid off, Brink must choose between sticking to his morals and sacrificing his friends to make money from his passion. Watch as Andrew faces off against Team X-Blades in a final race that will leave you on the edge of your seat. Yes, 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 I love Brink so much! (laughs) Oh, man. We will see you next time for Brink. You're you're in for a treat. You're so lucky. I'm going to watch it right now. 